Hello and welcome to the Career Speakeasy, a casual, fun, and irreverent place to share ideas about career development, the world of work, and life in general. I'm your host and proprietress, Kelly Nottingham. Growing your career should not be boring. So come on in, pull up a chair, and pick your poison. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Career Speakeasy. This episode and the next episode and possibly the next episode after that, are a little mini-series about resumes. Uh, resumes are something that a lot of us don't really enjoy working on all that much. It's it's a challenge to write a solid, good, effective resume. But we have a lot of folks who are in the process of entering the job market again. Perhaps you were affected by layoffs. Perhaps you have taken some of the time where we've been dealing with the COVID pandemic as an opportunity to do some self-reflection on the kind of work that you want to do, and you've realized that maybe you want to take your career in a different direction. Whatever the case may be, a good resume is going to help you get where you want to go. So in today's episode, we are going to be working through the first part of our resume revamp. I would call this a masterclass if we were actually in person and working together on this, Uh, but since we're doing it through a podcast, I'm going to call it a mastercast. Today's episode is going to be specifically about understanding and looking at resumes in a different way than maybe you have in the past. We're going to talk about how the application and resume review process works at different organizations so that you can get an idea of how effective or ineffective your current resume may be. And we're going to take a look at how to start putting together a list of skills and proofs so that you can come up with your PVP, your professional value proposition, in a way that's going to make you feel confident and not like you're trying to be a snake oil salesman for yourself. So let's jump in with a couple of key points about the purpose of a resume. Now, I know some of you are sitting out there in the wide world thinking to yourself, Kelly, I know what a resume is. Some of you may have never written a resume before. Some of you may have a CV or a curriculum vitae, which is very different from a resume. We will get into formatting of resume in a later episode. But for those of you who have written resumes, you you know these are not necessarily the, the most exciting things in the world to write, but they are absolutely necessary in today's job market. When we approach writing a resume in the traditional sense of writing a resume, a lot of times we think about a resume as being a retrospective. Let's go through and rehash all of the jobs and all of the responsibilities that we have had in our professional careers, sometimes all the way going back to high school and before, and it becomes this stew of job description and awards we've won in education or licenses or degrees or certifications that we've gotten. We submit this resume with the hope that it will get us a job. And we spend so much time on it with the assumption that people who are hiring for these jobs are also going to spend a ton of time reading these resumes. So here are the core truths in this podcast. First of all, Your resume's job is not to get you a job. Your resume's job is to get you an interview for a job. Second truth, 
we have on average about 10 to 25 or 30 seconds to make a good impression with our resume. That's about how long hiring managers and recruitment professionals look at a resume before they make a snap decision whether or not to put that resume in the keep for further consideration pile or the I'm not interested in talking to this person pile. So those are our two big truths about resumes. One, their job is not to get you a job, it's to get you an interview. And two, you have, let's say, about 15 seconds to make enough of an impression to actually get the opportunity to interview. Now, another key piece that we're going to be talking about in this podcast, but also in the next podcast about formatting and word choice for resumes is that for a lot of folks, you may not have ever seen behind the curtain to understand how the application process works nowadays for the majority of organizations that take applications online. So I'm going to pull back that curtain and give you a quick view of how organizations do recruitment and hiring. So first of all, you go online to the company's website to fill out an online application. You may even attach your resume to that application. There are multiple filtering processes that happen as you are going through an application process online and once you put your application into a company. The first is a filter that is a software system, often known as an ATS, an Applicant Tracking System. These programs are designed to filter out applications and resumes that do not fit the qualifications listed in the job description. And the criteria that is set for these systems, these software systems to be able to go in and just auto filter, is set by the hiring manager or the recruitment and talent acquisition people within the company. So for example, You may have a job that lists out specific skills. Let's say that the person is hiring for a role that needs a certain type of financial background. They're looking for a person with experience in credit, and they're looking for a person with a specific type of software experience. They can set the criteria for that job in this applicant tracking system to say, If the word credit and this word for software is not in this application or the resume, throw that application out. So this is the first round. The second filter is often done by a recruitment professional, somebody who is a recruiter or someone who works in a department that's called something like talent acquisition. It can also be someone who is in human resources. Now, if you're applying at a smaller company, you may not have this filter happening with your application, but for the majority of large companies, they actually have a dedicated group of people whose job it is to be filter number two. So what they're doing in this stage is looking at the job description. They may be looking at a more in-depth questionnaire that was filled out by the hiring manager, and they're looking at your resume and your application to see if there's enough of a fit to pass your resume on to the hiring manager. This person may have no direct experience with this role. They may have only talked to the hiring manager about that job and gotten some more information so that they can help that hiring manager filter down the number of applications coming in for that job. They, again, are looking for keywords and key phrases. 
This person may do a phone screen as well, where they can call you and ask you some basic questions about your experience so they can get a better idea of whether or not you're going to be a good fit for that job. But they don't necessarily understand a lot of technical jargon about a job and, again, are looking for those keywords to match from your job application and resume to the job description that they have in front of them. Now, filter three, if you get past this screening phase, may go to yet another recruitment person, or your application may go directly to the hiring manager. That person is going to take a look at your resume, take a look at your application, and again, look to see if you're a good fit. Now, this is where, again, we have to make a really good impression really fast because this person, again, on average, only looks at a resume for maybe 15 seconds before making a choice. If you're lucky, they may look, you know, 30 seconds to a minute especially if they have a really strong relationship with their recruitment department and they trust who the recruitment department is passing up to them to look at. But we have to make sure that we're making a good impact on this level too. This is going to be the person who understands the job at a very detailed level. They know the ins and outs of the job and they're going to be looking for more in-depth information from your resume. So this is how the application process works for a lot of large companies nowadays. Your resume has to be able to go through multiple filters that are looking at different levels. So you can think about this as shopping online. Let's say you're going on Amazon. You're looking for something, let's say a tripod for your phone. You put in your keywords and you get 20 gazillion different options. You go into the filters and you say, I'm looking broadly for something that does this and this, and you get fewer results. Then you filter again to get down to your maybe top 20 that you're looking at. At that point, that's when you really start digging in and looking for details, looking for the specifics of what you need. Now, this is where we come up with some of the challenges with a lot of resumes. When you get down to that point where someone is really looking in depth at your resume, we need with our resume to connect the dots for them between what they're looking for and what you have to offer. And this is where the next truth about resumes comes in. Your resume, instead of being a retroactive walk down memory lane of all the jobs that you've ever done, is actually a marketing tool to help sell your skills and yourself as an asset to this employer. Thinking about it as a marketing tool helps us to approach our resume in a different way. We're not just talking about a laundry list of responsibilities we've had in the past. We're looking at how we can solve a problem for the companies that we're applying to. It gives us a chance to showcase what kind of asset we are to the organizations where we've worked in the past and the skills and the proof of those skills that we will be bringing with us to our next role. It's a chance for us to focus on and show off our achievements. If we're just trying to fill the basic qualifications of a job description, which frankly, a lot of us have done, I know I've done this in the past. I look at the job description, I look at my resume, and I try to make sure that I'm meeting the bare minimum and my resume says I have hit the bare minimum. The problem is companies aren't looking for bare minimum people. 
They're looking for people who are really going to be a value add to their company. So what I'd like for you to do is to take a look at your resume, if you have one, dust off that resume, let's take a look at it. And I want you to give yourself, we won't do this on the podcast because that would be a really weird thing to do. But what I'd like for you to do is to pause this recording and look at your resume for 15 seconds. What do you see in that 15 seconds? What words jump out at you in 15 seconds? All right. So if you did actually pause, great. Hopefully this was an interesting experience to put yourself in the shoes of recruitment professionals or hiring managers who are looking at your resume and figuring out what you need to do maybe to make your resume pop a bit more so that they're going to be interested enough to want to take more than 15 to 20 seconds. You may have decided after looking at that resume that you want to just scrap it and start completely over, and that's fine. You may decide that you want to work within the framework that you already have, and that is also fine. But for now, I would like for you to put the resume away. I'm going to ask you some questions, and I'd like for you to take some time after the podcast is over to really sit down and think through these. You may need to take a walk to think through these. You may uh, give yourself a couple of days to really process through and come up with this list that we're going to be working on. So I'd like for you to jot down answers to these questions. How have you created value at the jobs that you've had in the past? How have you created value for the company? How have you been an asset to the teams that you've worked on? And how have you been of service to the customers of your skill set or role? They may not be the final actual purchasing customers of the company. They may be an internal customer. What are you proudest of in your career? What have you accomplished in your career that makes you really proud? What have you gotten awards or thank yous for? What I like to call kudos. What have you gotten kudos for in your career? What if people said, wow, you really did blank and it was great. What impact have you made in your previous roles that a quote unquote average or bare minimum person in that job would not have made? In other words, when you look at your current job description for the job that you're in or past job descriptions for jobs that you've had, how did you go above and beyond that job description? What problems did you solve for your previous companies or your previous leaders? Now, as I've asked these questions, hopefully this has started to get you thinking through some of these uh, basically selling points that you can begin to put into your resume portfolio. We're going to be building out this portfolio of skills and portfolio of proofs of your skills that we're then going to pull from in the next podcast to create a really great resume for you. But first, we have to get all of those skills out there and either in your computer or on paper so that you have a list that you can pull from. Sometimes when we're writing resumes, it can be difficult to pull ourselves away from the day-to-day work that we do and figure out what skills are actually transferable from one job to the next. So let's, let's do an example here. Let's say that on your current resume that's maybe a bit lackluster, that you have listed out a role that you had where you pulled a lot of data and put it into reports. Your current resume, which mimics the job description of the job that you were in at the time, 
says something like, pulled data and put into reports to send out every week. That is a task that you completed, but it doesn't actually point out the skills that you have that helped you to be able to do the work that you did. So instead, maybe you could put something like, pulled data from multiple reporting systems, collated the data together, parsed it, and analyzed it for productivity reporting. First of all, that sounds a bit more impressive. Second of all, it starts to point out skills that you have that you can take from one job to the next. So that shows that you have the ability to parse and analyze data, which is huge. That skill set is there in the first description. It's sort of there, but it's not crystal clear. And what we're trying to do here, think about a commercial. You're trying in 15 seconds to get across that you have the skills that this person is looking for for this new role. And here's a big secret. Frequently, the person writing the job description is not the person who is a recruiter or a talent acquisition professional. A lot of times the hiring manager is writing that job description. And frankly, hiring managers may not have a lot of practice doing this. So they're writing a job description for a job that they know what they need if they see it in front of them. If they see the person in front of them doing the job, they would say, yes, that is the type of skill set that I need. But putting that skill set on paper is a whole different animal, right? We'll talk about how to read between the lines of job descriptions in our next episode. But for now, think about ways that you can really spell out the transferable skills that you have. Think about action verbs as you're processing through this. It's not just did this, do this. It's analyzed, research, build, manage. Action verbs that help that hiring manager to really get a good grasp on the skills that you have. On top of this, those questions that I was asking just a few minutes ago also should have started to prompt you to think of specific examples that I like to call proofs of the skills that you have. So instead of saying experience managing a team, you may have experience managing a team, but the proofs that you want to show are numbers, percentages, financial figures, scope to whatever project or whatever skill that you have. So let's use an example that is on a fair number of people's resumes They will list out something like project management experience, which really says not a whole lot because that project may be big, it may be small, it may have not even been a successful project. They may have led it right into the ground. So when we talk about our skill portfolio, we want to really start adding in ideas about proof that you have the skill set that you're saying that you have. So instead of experience managing projects, I'd like for you to think about specifics of a project that you managed and list that out. You led a large international project, including staffing and budgeting of $2 million for a project that saved the company $10 million. Now, suddenly that sounds a lot more impressive, right? Those were big numbers. They don't necessarily have to be huge astronomical numbers to be able to prove that you have the skills. But we know that specific information adds credibility to what you're saying. So as much as you can, think about percentages, numbers, figures, money saved, outcomes that were successful. 
Because what we're trying to showcase here on our resume is not just a list of responsibilities, we're showcasing accomplishments. And we're showcasing those accomplishments in a very short format. So list out all of the skills that you can think of, all of the proofs that you can think of, and please take the time to write these down. These are going to come in really handy when we get ready to start talking about interviewing, especially behavioral or situational interviews. Uh, It's going to be to your benefit to have a list of these accomplishments of these proofs of the skills that you have. If you have solved problems for previous employers, make sure to list those out with both the problem, what you did, and what the result was. So in this episode, we've taken a look at some preliminary steps to writing a really effective resume. These are steps that a lot of times when we work on our resumes, we don't necessarily jump back this far, but trust me, this is going to really help you as you start to write that resume out instead of just jumping straight into some generic resume template that you're trying to fill out. So it's time for our part one resume revamp last call. I'd like for you to look at your resume. If you have not done the 15-second experiment with your resume, do that as part of your last call. Look at your resume, give yourself 15 seconds, and circle or highlight the words that really jump out at you. Then I'd like for you to go through and circle any words that represent transferable skills that you have. If you don't feel like the description of what you have written on your resume really gets at those transferable skills, ask yourself, what skill do I have behind this responsibility that I have listed out that I can take to another job? Take time and write out those skills and the proofs that go with them, any numbers that you can come up with, any experiences or problems that you've solved for a company, and start writing those out. This may feel a little bit repetitive or tiresome at the beginning, but I promise it's going to come in handy and make the rest of the resume writing process so much easier. So I'll look forward to talking to you in part two. Well, thanks for joining me. If you have suggestions, feedback, or just something random you want to share, email me at careerspeakeasy at gmail.com and come visit again soon. Cheers.